Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Bharat Oza. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arco, Sarah Fennell, and Ken Sylvan. Each episode, you will have a combination of us sharing our 70-plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast. You got your host here, Sarah Fennell, and I got my co-pilot, Barat. Hello, my friend. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? Good. Very good. Good, good. Excited for chatting uh, about our new topic today. Yes. Yeah. We're going to chat about lower body fat, which I know a lot of women, and I'm sure even in in your business, you've seen a lot of women struggle with this. Perhaps maybe they can't can't lose weight or they lose weight and their body composition just doesn't really change. Uh, Maybe they get really lean on the upper part of their body and the lower uh, lower part of their body just continues to, to hold on to that body fat. And what's the prime reason for lower body fat in terms of like hormone perspectives? From a hormonal perspective, it's it's specifically making, having a history of making excess estrogen. Mm-hmm. And from a metabolic perspective, it's not detoxing very well. Yeah. And so when you combine that, that's, that's, uh, that shows up as excess body fat in the lower body, lower abdominal, uh, abdomen area. Uh, but it also shows up for men in in more in different ways, maybe. But men can carry the same body fat in the lower body. Um, it just shows differently. Um, mm-hmm. But also, will men it'll show up as uh, excess body fat around the chest area, right? But uh, obviously, we it's more obvious with women because women naturally carry some body fat there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but but generally, that is that's what uh, is going on there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, anyway, listen here who's a woman, or if you have any clients who are women and if they really struggle to lose that body fat on the, on the lower end of them, you know, and it's usually the case of I'm doing all the things, right. I've decreased my calories. I'm in, I'm exercising more and they feel like they're doing so much work and nothing is ever moving down there. And that's a really clear sign of something more than just how many calories you're exerting, um, and inputting into your body, um, which is a hormonal issue. Uh, we want to chat about, uh, natural hormones. We also want to talk about, uh, xenoestrogens, which is a, it's a form of estrogen, but it's not a natural form. Uh, we want to chat about the chemical industry. We want to talk about detoxification. Uh, cause I know this is such a juicy topic for women who are struggling to lose that lower body fat and don't really understand perhaps the cascade of effects that can happen from let's say wearing perfume, you know, like your yeah. perfume for perfume could literally be holding a uh, lower body fat on you. And I think yeah. this is such an interesting topic because a lot of people are like, what? Like my perfume, like I don't understand. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, right? Like it's, again, uh, we spoke about this in the last podcast where we we're talking about how a lot of the fat loss information for years has come from the bodybuilding uh, community, which is great, but that's also back in 50s, 60s, they didn't have as many chemicals. So that information about how the chemicals are affecting your body fat and then what to do to actually eliminate that is just unknown in the fitness industry, at least. Yes. Yeah. And so let's talk about natural estrogen um, because 
Uh, obviously women have more estrogen than men. Um, and so it's not the natural estrogen that's causing this, or could it be the natural estrogen and the body's just not metabolizing it properly? Where does natural estrogen come into play here? Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, you're right. There is a little bit of the natural estrogen involved. Um, one thing I want to make clear is women naturally are supposed to hold body fat in the lower half. Like that just, you need some of that. Right. Um, but what happens is when these toxins start coming in and those, we'll talk more about what these toxins are. It, they, they're called xenoestrogens because they mimic estrogen in your system. And so your body starts pumping out more estrogen and that over a period of time with you not detoxing well, you put those two together start showing up as fat cells because maybe it, you know, stop me if I'm going way too far ahead, but you know, th these toxins get stored in the fat cells mm -hmm. and, you know, because your body is trying to protect you. And so those fat cells then specifically get stored in the lower abdomen, hips, glutes, legs, um, even cellulite, which again, there's, there's a certain amount of skin tone that can, that can look a certain way that women will have. But then there's when the toxicity builds up and when those fat cells build up, that's when it becomes a cellulite problem. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's again, a, a specifically a heavy metal issue. It is the uh, natural estrogens and then not detoxing effectively, not converting effectively, because there's also different types of estrogens. And there's some that are like, if they become excessive in your body because you're not detoxing, that's when a lot of those period, menopause, or health issues start happening. Mm -hmm. right? yes. So um, yeah, it's, it's that combination of excess estrogen, not detoxing, and then xenoestrogens coming in. Yeah. I love that you mentioned there that women are naturally supposed to have lower body fat, um, which coincides with we are more naturally estrogen dominant. You know, it's a site, like what you said, like the lower um, belly button area as well. It's a site where estrogen will put on. And estrogen is a growth hormone. That, I think that's something um, that's needs to be said as well. Estrogen is a growth hormone. So an excess of a growth hormone what's going to happen. Obviously there's going to be growth and that's even just from the natural side of things. And then you have the, the pseudo estrogens or the xenoestrogens as you called them, which mimic and how, how it works is think of it like a docking station where like, there's like a, a truck loading into like the back of a docking station. And that's how uh, hormones and different chemicals will attach onto receptors of cells. And so these xenoestrogens mimic estrogen because they can dock onto an estrogen receptor. And the thing about xenoestrogens is they're 10 times stronger than natural estrogen. So if we think the, about the power of our natural estrogen within our body, what that does for growth and development and all of its other processes, then you have something that's 10 times stronger. What will that do? Well, you know, we're looking at more lower body fat. We're looking at women unable to lose that body fat. And it comes down to how is the body processing that that estrogen and then the backlog because of all the xenoestrogens within our society and so let, let's break down like where do these xenoestrogens come from um how do they get into our body if they're pseudo or if you know they're man-made they're not natural to us where are they coming from and they come from this chemical industry this chemical stress on our body and I love this conversation because we hear about stress. And I mean, this is the Stress Reduce Fat Loss podcast and, and chemical stress is one of the th those things that we really need to have a look at. 
Um, and you even said there, uh, you know, years ago, the chemicals that were in our society in the 50s and 60s are not what they are today. Um, do you want to explain why that is? It might be a little obvious, but uh, the the progression of our society. I think part of it is, uh, let's look at even just the food industry, right? Uh, or even just agriculture for now. Like, so back then, crops were not sprayed as heavily as they are now. They weren't genetically modified the way they are now. Um, and we can go down the fact that, you know, population's increasing and blah, 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 blah. But it's, um, you know, so obviously just from the food industry alone, there's so much coming in from the time that these crops are being planted or, you know, even just uh, factory farming now is just so toxic where besides the animals not being treated well, they're being injected with so many things, everything from testosterone to estrogen to then antibiotics, antivirals, all sorts of things, right? So that's one place where, so your food is one place where that load is coming from. Uh, let's look at just the most basic, your water, mm. right? So a lot of people still don't drink properly filtered water. It's coming through all sorts of pipelines. It's, you know, we, we think that it's drinkable water and it is, you won't die, but what else is in that water? right? Where's the water coming from? A lot of the, the, the water processing plants don't pull out medications and birth control and heavy metals. And even some industrial waste is coming from this water. So that's another place where all this, this is coming from. Uh, and then you have your chemical industry, like you said, the, uh, you know, let's say everything from your soap, shampoo, moisturizer, so skin products generally. So anything that's going on to your skin is going to be rapidly absorbed, right? And so anything that goes and has contact with your skin, that's going to be a big, like that is something that needs to be screened. And then you have things that you could inhale. So you have your uh, air fresheners, scented candles, um, you know, things like that. Again, things that God knows what we're breathing when we go out. And again, this is not to scare someone and, you know, don't ever go out anymore, but just be aware that, what can you control, mm -hmm. right? So we're inhaling all petrochemicals, right? If you're commuting or even just outside and there's cars, you're inhaling petrochemicals. So all of that, there's so much that we're being attacked by, right? And then, oh, I didn't even mention the processed food industry. There's colors and dyes, things that are banned in a lot of countries. We still have that in North America. Yes. And then we're wondering why autism and nervous system disorders are going up. So that's, all of these are, I would say the most common places where that toxic load is coming from, which back in the 50s, 60s, we didn't have as much of, mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you, you look at the increasing load of like all the products, um, that we're using and that's what we're talking about here. You know, all those things that you listed there. And I know one of the questions a lot of people would ask is, well, if these are bad for us, why would, you know, people sell them and why would they be available to us if they're harmful, harmful, or harmful for our health? And the thing is like when these companies test for safety, they're looking at the safety of the one thing over a short amount of time. Let's say it's, you know, um, a dye that's in a food, right? Of course, they're going to test it most likely on animals. Um, and then maybe to human trials. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it's like, okay, so this little dye in this concentrated pea size, less than pea size amount will not kill the animal. And therefore it's probably safe for humans, but we're not looking at how does the body metabolize that? 
What are mm-hmm. all the other things that are coming at the body and how long is there a bioaccumulation of these chemicals going in our body and how much is actually backed up? And so that's the issue here. It's, it's not the one thing. It's the, the collectiveness of all of these chemicals that are constantly coming at you. And I remember I got away from perfume like 2013, um, then became highly sensitive to like scents. And it, it boggles my mind that everything has to have a scent now. Like, why does our laundry have to smell a certain way? Yeah. Like, why do our dishes have to smell a certain way? Why do, why do candles have to smell a certain way? We're in this like aromatized, like, um, society of like, everything has to have a smell and it has to be so strong. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I had to go, um, I had to go buy some sponge, some sponges at the grocery store the other week. And I use all non-scented products for the majority. And I had to go down that cleaning aisle. And I literally was like, oh, hold my breath. <laughs> and I run down because I, I can't go in those aisles anymore. It is so potent of all of those different scents coming at you. And, and we have to ask ourselves, well, what is that doing to my body? If I know that it's a man-made chemical, if I know my body has to detox it because it has absolutely no use for it, and then what is that doing to my system when I'm exposed again and again and again and again? And you know what? That reminds me of another story where um, I don't remember what the company is. I, I, I think it was a Procter & Gamble or something. It doesn't matter. But this is back when they were you know, coming out with the toothpastes, right? And uh, they did some research where they found the more the toothpaste would froth, people got the impression that it's working better. So they added something called SLS, which is very toxic, only so that it can froth. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when you buy uh, toothpaste that's natural and actually natural, not just label natural, uh, and doesn't have SLS, and when you brush with it, it's not the same frothing action. But that's another reason why these chemicals are used. It's not always like, oh, we care about you. So we're not going to do that. It's like, hey, how do I sell this? And we can go into like how even the research is paid for. And people think someone doing research in a lab is responsible for the end product. The scientist in the lab is doing just research, which again, depends so much on funding, who's paying for it. Um, A lot of times I know our partner, Ken Sylvan, who did neuroscience in university, he has said that many times there would be these companies that would come to either his supervisor and say, hey, can you just get us one result that says this thing is safe or this thing does this? That's all we need. We don't need the other 300. We just need one thing saying, oh yeah, this product does this. Great. That's all. So there's a lot of corruption, if you want to call it, and bias, even in that research industry. And then there's the, how do we, then there's a sales department that's like, how do we sell more? Then there's the marketing department. How do we convince people to buy more? So there's so many layers of bias and corruption there where, you know, you have to realize that, yes, these are bad and you can't just trust that because someone decided to put in a product, it's safe. Mm -hmm. You have to look into it yourself. Yes. And we're in such a consumer consumption society as well, where, Mm. um, you know, uh, Joe's sister, every time we would go over to that house, I'd go in the bathroom and it's just like littered, like literally, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Like hoarders are us for, um, makeup products and hair products and under the cupboards. I'm not even kidding, Brad. I know you're dying right now. Like just wall to wall. And I was like, who needs this many 
products. Like my goodness. Um, we like you, you talk about the marketing, you talk about the sales, like there are just so many products like pumped into our face that you need like these 15 hair products and these 15 different lines of like makeup and all these products. And like, I'll say I was, I was a, uh, I was one of the, cons- one of their consumers for many years because it's really pushed on the, uh, the females, um, from the beauty industry. Uh, but they say that the average female uses, I think it's like 12 to 15 products every single morning before she's even like had her breakfast. Yeah. So you think like you wake up, like you wake up, what do you put on your face? Um, you know, what are you putting in your mouth? Are you putting makeup on? What are you spraying in your hair or putting in your hair? Uh, all of that has this chemical residue that our bodies must, must naturally detox. So whether you're breathing it in, whether you're putting it on your skin or whether you're putting it in your mouth, um, these chemicals come in contact with our body. Yeah. And talking about putting it in even female hygiene products, right? They're so toxic. Like there's there's so much research showing the chemicals in the tampons, the pads is causing a lot of UTIs, cervical cancers, um, like even just that, right? And then that reminds me again, this great conversation because again, I hope people are not being like, oh my God, we shouldn't even live on this planet, but uh, cookware, right? Those nonstick pans, like there's an amazing movie. uh, It's called Dark Waters. It's the real story of this, uh, I believe he's a lawyer. And he's still fighting this with Teflon because uh, Teflon knew that the whatever makes this thing nonstick is actually very toxic. They, they used to hide barrels of it in like by this lake and that made the water toxic. And that's how the whole thing came out. But they're still selling Teflon. Yes. Yeah. And they still have lawsuits and they've paid millions already. Mm-hmm. But the amount of money that Teflon makes them is exponential. So they're okay, like shelling out millions here to pay those lawsuits while making these sales. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point of people need to, it's almost like a conscious awakening of, okay, like what is my body exposed to on a daily basis? And, you know, is this billion dollar company who their only outcome is to sell X amount of product, you know, they have their quotas per month, per year. Are they, is their end goal so that you live healthy? And we need to look at what are the companies that we're actually using and and what are their missions and what are their values for their customers as well? Because a lot of, unfortunately, I know there's probably great corporate companies out there. Uh, At the end of the day, it's a dollar figure and a lot of cheaper, you cheaper, you make it, the more you can sell it for the higher you have that profit margin. So they use cheap ingredients. And this is where these really like cheap chemicals can cause the worst damage to us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, like Brad said, let's not get freaked out here, right? Like, oh my God, everything around me is not great. Um, we'll chat about some ways of like uh, how to remove. I like to talk about like non-negotiables. If we're, we're going to live in this society, we have to be aware that our bodies are going to take some assault here and there. But like, where are you taking these assaults from? Where are you not? And what are you doing to upregulate your body? And so yeah. let's, let's uh, unpack what actually happens inside the body here. So let's say that someone breathes in perfume or they have something on their skin or they eat uh, foods that have chemicals or pesticides in them. What happens when that enters the body? So just to oversimplify this, but your body looks at it, goes, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to process this, but I have to protect the body from the organs, especially. So it actually dissolves that toxin in fat cells and then has to put the fat cell somewhere. This kind of toxic fat cell tends to go around the lower body. 
And, and this is also where we, we always say this, and you see this with a lot of competitors, right? They, they try and push their system and do excessive cardio where the body's almost forced to burn that body fat off because it has to also survive, right? But that's where you see a lot of times that people will lose weight, but the body composition, especially around the lower body may not change because your body's like, I, I can't put you at risk. Yes. Or rather, I can't put me at risk. So it, it's... Um, I think people need to understand what fat cells are doing. Mm-hmm. I think people, is, and again, this is not to bash the fitness industry, but the wording, the propagation of like fat, fat loss, lose fat. It's it's so, we've lost the meaning of what fat cells really are. They're, they're protective mechanisms. They're living organisms that that can actually manufacture energy and that can protect you. So it's really important for people to understand not just lower body fat, but generally body fat, excess body fat. Why is it there? What is my body protecting me from? And I think that leads us to that whole, you know, our idea of stress-reduced fat loss is let's let's find the answers to that question, right? What is my body protecting me from? Yes. And that's where, again, this the chemical stress is a big part of it. Hello, fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We want to give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, yeah, because fat cells, it's not just fat or triglycerides in there. Like what you said, there it's that neutral buffer zone where it can hold things. It, it's like a container. <laughs> like just think we have all these like shipping containers inside of us. And if, if our body doesn't want something floating around in our bloodstream, because maybe our liver is too backed up, it's like, man, just throw it in that shipping container and we'll get to it later when we have when we have the space and capacity and time when no more chemicals are coming at us, then we can process that. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, a lot of us just don't get to that case because we're just not aware of what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Can I geek out a little bit of a, on a layer deeper of this? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. I love the liver. It's my favorite organ. I could geek out over it all the time. Uh, just because when you learn about how how amazing our liver is, what it does for us every day, it picks up the slack on other organs and really like we put it through the ringer. Like your, your liver is that filtering agent for everything in your body. And so if we take in these chemicals, they're man-made, like our body has zero use for it. So it's not recognized, meaning the body has to process it. Well, what does that mean? Like we don't just poop or pee it out. It doesn't work that way. These chemicals are, are fat soluble. And, you know, anything that's fat soluble that needs to leave the body, it has to be converted into water soluble. And uh, the way I like to explain this is, you know, when you have a greasy pan, like, and obviously it's not Teflon, but (laughs) you have a greasy, (laughs) you have a greasy pan and maybe you just cook bacon. If you put that pan in the sink and you just washed it with water, would you get that grease out? 
No, no, it would just be like the slimy mess because that's fat soluble. And so you put some dish detergent in there, it breaks up that fat and you can create that water solubleness and you get the nice clean pan. And so that's what our liver actually does. It goes through two phases of converting fat soluble substances um, into water soluble. And if our liver is so backed up or we don't even have the proper nutrients that we're intaking uh, within our body to upregulate that liver, this is when the system gets backed up and, and our, our liver filters, you know, food, it filters our blood, it filters all the chemicals that come in. It is literally like the, the guard standing at your body of like what's coming through, what's not. And then if it's all backed up, you have like this like long train of all these chemicals coming in. It's like, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen um the I Love Lucy show where she's on, she's in a factory and she's standing at a conveyor belt and it's chocolate. She's in a chocolate factory and she has to take the chocolates and wrap it in a, uh, in a, in a, like a wrapper and then yeah. move it down the line. So she's wrapping these chocolates and then the conveyor belt picks up and it's coming faster and faster. So then she's grabbing chocolates and like, she's eating them and she's throwing them down her shirt and like in her pockets just to, to stop like the back piling up of this. And so that's what her liver does with chemicals and fat cells. It's like, yeah. I can't, I can't like, let's just ship this to a fat cell. We're going to put this over here. Um, and then obviously fat cells grow, which contributes to that look of more weight on the body. And I think if we can understand it from breaking it down like that, it, it gives us more of a responsibility of what am I actually putting my body through and, and what am I doing to compensate all of these chemicals that I'm exposed to on a daily basis? Yeah. And, and I think it's important to mention like it's body fat is the most obvious, like the visual impact of all this, but you know, you could have skin issues, you could have autoimmune issues, you could have cholesterol issues. You can have heart disease that could show up because of excess toxic estrogens in your system. Yes. Um, fibroids, cysts, like all of that. Like you said, estrogen is a growth hormone. So if, if you have excess estrogen, what is going to grow in your system? Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I think people have to understand it may not, the body fat's not showing up overnight. No. You know, overnight, you're not like, oh my God, I put on seven inches here. It's what's been happening and how's your body been talking to you while that body fat was accumulating. Yeah. right? Whether it's sleep disruption. So if, for people who tend to wake up between one and three, that's a sign that liver gallbladder are overworking and underpaid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how your body will probably show it to you before it starts showing up as excess body fat. Yeah. Yeah. It can even cause uh brain fog, low energy, right. like yeah. a depression, those cognitive disorders. Uh, yeah. it, it affects the entire body. Mm -hmm. And so let's chat about what to do, right? We've decided we're going to live in this mainstream society and we're going to have chemicals around us. Uh, what are some recommendations, Brad? I think start with what you have the most control over and what you're most commonly exposed to. And I think the most fundamental thing is water, right? Like that you're going to drink water no matter what, whether you're going out, you may put on makeup if you're going out, or maybe not, but you're going to drink water. So I think start with water, get a good water filtration system, whether it's a reverse osmosis, a Kangen, uh, the simplest one being probably zero water filter, uh, Berkey, Santivia. There's so many different ones that are, that are going to pull a lot of the toxicity out. Um, so that's the most foundational that people should start with. Second, I would look at eating organic as much as they can, including their proteins. 
Um, and again, if finances is a thing, then, you know, maybe for a while start with, hey, I'm going to start with all my animal proteins are going to be organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised. And then maybe as far as fruits and vegetables are concerned, just look at maybe the, if people Google dirty dozen fruits or dirty dozen vegetables, uh, they can find that online. Uh, maybe just start investing a little money into eating organic as much as possible. So I, I think those two will be the absolute you know, uh, um, foundational, but also they'll have a massive impact on their system. Yeah. Especially if you look at like what you do the most, you're going to eat like what you said, you're going to drink water like every single day. And so I might not wash my hair every single day. I might not wear makeup every single day. I might not put deodorant on every single day. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go yeah. wild. But yeah. you look at what it, what you call like those non-negotiables, um, yeah. even with like our, our house is a fragrance free house. Um, yep. that's a non-negotiable. I will get headaches. Um, it just, um, yeah. I, I can't do fragrances. Um, all of our cleaning supplies are either essential oils or mostly, um, natural ingredients. And so it's looking at what can I do? Not that we need to remove everything. And I think, you know, if we can just look to lighten that load on the body, um, become more conscious of what we are purchasing and um, where we are putting our dollar to, and ultimately what, it, what, effects is that having on our health? That's right. Yeah. And I know a lot of people perhaps complain or they use products because they're cheaper uh, and complain about those higher end products being more, uh, but really like what you're paying for is good ingredients, much mm -hmm. like organic foods. Uh, yeah. You know, organic doesn't have as high of a yield um, and it's it just grown differently. And so it's going to be that higher quality food and same with the products as well. Yeah. But I think it's, it's also people have to realize, let's say, for example, organic food, it's so nutrient dense, so much more that you probably need to eat little less than what you would. That's something that's, you know, not organic, yes. you know, and even just the, uh, let's say the things that you mentioned, let's say maybe, maybe your soap, shampoo, makeup specifically could be a little more expensive, but it's, it's that effective and it's going to last longer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, and I have to say, I think the whole thing about organic food being more expensive. Yes. If you look at dollar by dollar value, it is a little more, but I think now there's so many farms and services out there that have made it very affordable. You know, like I don't think it's the same kind of price difference that it used to be about 10 years ago. I think it's become much, much, much more affordable. Very much. You even look at 90s, 2000s versus now um, oh. and what's available even in products as you were chatting there, I was looking up an app that I think would be super helpful for the ladies or um, anybody who is who wears makeup or even uses hair products. It's called Think Dirty, um, oh, yeah. where you can literally scan in your item and it will let you know if there are any um, ingredients in there and also what their risk is in terms of cancer and so forth um, yeah. to be able to make those conscious deci decisions while maybe you're um, shopping or maybe even go around your house. Like what you're saying, that sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, shampoos, yeah. anything that creates a sudden. So yeah. your uh, dish detergent, your shampoos, your toothpaste, um, even what you wash your clothes in, anything that's going to create that big sudden, that's yeah. a chemical called, uh, yeah, lauryl, sodium lauryl sulfate, like what you were talking about there. So just being mindful and, and doing some research. I think this app is highly uh, useful because... A lot of times we don't know what we're looking for, right? Like look on the back of a, a shampoo bottle. I can't pronounce three quarters of those ingredients. And so I'm like, I don't know if like Dexy Hydrate slash two five. Yeah. 
monite is, is, is healthy or not. Um, and so it, it's doing those, doing this research and, and learning for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's a great app. It's a very convenient app. So if someone doesn't want to go do research, it's like, Hey, I'm just going to use the app and I'm still going to make some changes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One small change can make a big difference. And I think like Absolutely. that's the, the biggest thing we want people to take away from this episode is can you remove, you know, one thing this week that is potentially adding to health issues that you're having? Because the more that we can decrease this stress on our body, the easier the body will change and do what you want it to do instead of feeling like it's just this uphill battle. Exactly. And I think, you know, after the water and after organic food, I think the next thing would be something like toothpaste, soap moisturizer, shampoo, like stuff that you use all the time, mm -hmm. deodorant, maybe those would be things to look at and go, Hey, let me start replacing these. Yes. And that alone, like these three things are so much, you know, number four, you could maybe go change your cookware mm -hmm. and you don't need to overhaul every single piece of cookware, but what do you use the most? Maybe use a frying pan the most, maybe use a pot to boil water or whatever. Great. Can we go switch that to maybe ceramic or maybe stainless steel or cast iron? Uh, or even copper. Um, great, do that. Like, but even that, if you do those four things, you're going to be so much better. Yes. Right. Like just I think the first step of detoxing and dropping lower body fat is let's stop the attack. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can't we can't uh mop the floor if someone keeps peeing on it. Like right. you gotta stop peeing at some point, you know. So it, it's it's I think just that is the first step, and I feel just from my experience working with people, even them doing that much is going to have shifts in their health. Whether it's, hey, I'm not as bloated anymore. Maybe, you know, your bowel movements get better. Maybe your brain fog is gone. You know, maybe you sleep better now. Maybe your autoimmune reactions, or your skin reactions are better now. Yeah. So it, it can have such profound impact. And it's not just about that body fat going down. The body fat will go down, mm -hmm. right? But that's that's where we get into the next step where, great. We've eliminated this stuff or minimized this stuff. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, eliminating or switching out products, it's actually easy considering what most women are doing, which is really low restricted calories, huge amounts of exercise. It feels so hard and so much work for what they're doing. Like, I'm not saying stop that or like, don't stop, you know, don't stop moving, but let's just start switching products that you're going to take that action anyways. Like you're going to use a product anyways. You're going to, you know, use a pot anyways. You're going to go buy food anyways and eat it, you know, right. start making those better decisions. And it, it actually, the process will get easier when you learn to work with your body. Yeah. And you know, what's the most ironic thing is a lot of these cosmetic companies or even food companies will start selling things colored pink for breast awareness or breast cancer awareness. Yeah. Interestingly, they are the root cause of a lot of these issues. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think men, women, be careful of that. Don't fall for that crap. Mm -hmm. You know, just because they wrapped it in pink and they're going to tell you that one cent from every purchase is going to breast cancer awareness. Yeah. You want to think about how many cents they made and what's, what, what's that even costing them? And then, you know, even if you look at all the breast cancer awareness uh, yeah. organizations, they have their own agendas, but yeah. um, I think that's, that's a very ironic thing, right? 
Yeah, it's looking looking layers deep into different things. Yeah. Uh, one of my tips for the ladies too, if you're looking at switching out products, because um, I know for myself, I mean, I buy or I did buy, I still do now it's the better quality uh, products, but you know, I, I buy the same shampoo because I know that it works for me. Like I buy the same makeup products. And so we're used to, you know, uh, being a consumer of usually one thing because we know what works for us. We don't want to waste money or try to find things. And when I was starting out this journey, it was helpful to have a community or people to ask, you know, like, Hey, what deodorant do you recommend? Because you can go into Whole Foods or Healthy Planet or any, um, you know, natural health food stores, and you will find an array, just like at Shoppers Drug Mart or the grocery store, an array of products um, and companies. And you're like, well, which one do I use? And so even, you know, post posting a message on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform you're on. Hey, does anybody use natural deodorant? What do you recommend? You know, start having some conversations and a lot more people are having these conversations than you might think. And so there is someone within your network who you can ask for opinions of, because I think it's great to have that uh, almost self-assurance or review from someone before you start going out and yes, spending more money for these products and making sure that they are going to work for you. Yeah. And, and there are the thing with natural products is also we one thing I want to let people know is you have to be careful not to expect the kind of results that you get from synthetic stuff. Mm. Like, for example, deodorants, especially. Right. People buy a natural one. They're like, oh, it doesn't work for me compared to what? First of all, compared to that synthetic stuff that was blocking all your pores so you don't smell anything. OK, so that's number one. Stop expecting that. Because at least this thing is not clogging your system and your lymphatic system. Um, and then two, if I think there's a lot to be said for bo- body odor as well. Like if you have a very distinct, strong body odor that's repelling, you need to look at why that is. Because that could be your body releasing toxins. You know, it's trying to flush all that toxicity out. I've had so many people tell me like my body odor is not the same anymore because my system's cleaner. I have people like that don't even use deodorant anymore because like I, I smell fine. Like I smell like a human being yes. um, and sometimes it's a little stronger and sometimes it's not, but I don't need to mask it with something, you know? And so even that's like an important thing to look at is why the strong body odor, yes. you know, like there, there is a certain body odor you will have naturally. Um, but then there's a difference between that versus, whoa, what's going on? Yes. You know? Yeah. That's a good point as well. Um, cause sometimes shampoos, they won't suds as well either. Um, and so it's just having, um, different expectations for a different product of a different caliber. Um, because a lot of the, uh, exciting things that you might like about a, a product, um, won't have it anymore, right? Like my clothes smell like clothes. They don't smell like anything. I'm not, you know, I don't need a scent <laughs> when I'm putting on my clothes, um, perfume, you know, use some essential oils. Um, it, it actually lasts longer and you can have some actual health benefits from the oils as well. And so there's different benefits that come from changing products. So it's not looking to completely replace something for exactly what it did before, but what else can this do for my life or how, how can I integrate this? Um, and maybe put on deodorant two times a day instead of once a day. Yeah. And uh, this reminds me of, uh, I've had lots, just having worked with so many women, there were lots of women who were uh, losing a lot of hair. And some of them, it was a thyroid, zinc, uh, food issue, fungal issue, and we worked on that. But then there was a certain group of women that was like, geez, we've done all of this. And why are you still losing hair? What's going on? And then uh, I don't remember how or why, but I said, hey, what do you use? And they showed me some typical shampoo or whatever. I said, Try using this one. So I sent them a picture of what I use. They switched. And I kid you not, 
within the next four weeks, they were like, there's a significant difference in my hair quality and I'm not losing hair as much. So even like that, like I'm sure women, men, everyone cares for hair, healthy hair. Um, so even that is, if, if that's a motivation for you to switch to a cleaner product, yes. you know, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I love talking about chemical stress. You know, we've said this before. It's something that I could geek out on because uh, I've done a lot of detoxing on myself and really watching um, these chemicals and, and it makes a huge difference. And when we think about chronic health or the bioaccumulation of these, sometimes people don't know how bogged down their bodies really are. Maybe you don't have a weight issue on the, on your lower half, but you have fatigue in your body and brain fog and maybe your gut isn't working as well. Well, you know, that's, that's a really big sign of the body being backed up. So everyone can benefit from alleviating a lot of these chemicals or some of these chemicals from you and just see how the body starts to react, see how you start to feel. It's not instantaneous. Um, but I've noticed over the years, there's, um, there's a lightness within my body from upregulating it and removing the things that are harming. Wonderful. Anything else for us today? This was a great conversation. This was awesome. This is great. I, I, I really hope people coaches especially will get a lot of insight from this and look at their client systems from a different perspective and not just think of the, the food and the, you know, the cardio, or even just, you know, the sleep or stress, like, let's look at, whoa, what is your lifestyle like? Like, what is, you know, what are you exposed to every day? Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. like, that's such a, such a powerful question, you know, like, what is my body exposed to from the exterior world and the interior world? Because everything has that cause and effect, like the body reacts to everything it comes into contact with. And if we're not aware of all those chemical reactions and, you know, effects in general, it, we then we get confused. And like that, this is holistic transformations. It's looking at your lifestyle, your body, your world as a whole and everything coming at it what's causing it harm and, and what's causing it good and looking to level that out to give someone the best results possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll catch everyone next time. Yes, we will. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at transformation mentorship and better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to stories Tag us and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.